Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Teresa Ham, Chief Administrative Officer of the Advancing Site Network. She's been with the Advancing Site staff since 2002. She joined the staff after 15 years as a sales and marketing executive, and she just decided she wanted to be a part of the nonprofit world. So, Teresa, it's an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So we're, we're definitely glad to have you and, and want to learn more about the mission and the vision of Advancing Site Network. Uh, so first, tell us what the Advancing Site Network is. Sure. Advancing Site Network is an iBank, and most people don't know what that is. I certainly didn't before I came to work there. So we're the organization that when someone passes away and they have designated that they want to be a donor, or maybe their family has made that decision if they didn't know what the their loved one wanted to do, we recover the tissue and then we evaluate it, make sure that it's safe for transplant or research purposes. And then we find a home and that might be with a transplant surgeon or it might be in an academic institution for research or maybe a pharmaceutical company that's looking for treatments for eye diseases. Wow. So as an organ donor, that's one of the, the organs that, that might be harvested. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Right, going to a good cause. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Giving right. sight is always a good thing. Absolutely. So what is y'all's mission? So our mission is to um, facilitate the recovery of the tissue, as I mentioned before, mm -hmm. and to bring it back to our local laboratory to really look at the tissue to see what best purpose that tissue might serve, whether it's going to be for transplant, might be for someone right here in Alabama, or it could be anywhere around the world. We actually service over 56 countries worldwide or again it might go toward finding a cause for or for a cure for glaucoma or maybe age-related macular degeneration that's mm -hmm. a disease most of us are going to face sometime in our lifetime mm -hmm. wow I've, I've only got one friend that is blind and he um, his name is michael hinkson he's actually a uh, person that, that survived the, the World Trade Center attack. Oh, wow. And so he was up in one of the towers mm -hmm. and had to make it down. His rescue dog had to um, you know, get him down uh, from one of the top levels. Um, and, and he's talking, you know, talked mm -hmm. about uh, what it's like to live with blindness. And, and he was a very, you know, accomplished salesperson mm -hmm. and, um He's, he's done a lot of things in spite of that, but what is it like for somebody who has been blind that has the ability to come back and see for the first time? What does that look like when you're able to, to provide that through y'all's resources? Yeah, that is a great question. And if it's okay, I'm going to share a little story sure. about one of our recipients. Her name is Jean, and Jean was a twin, and she was born blind. 
And for years, she was really only able to see what they call counting fingers. Mm -hmm. She could see fingers in front, but she really couldn't see the world as we would see it. Mm -hmm. It was hard for her to go to school, even though she persevered, and she mm -hmm. did. It was hard for her to hold down a job, mm -hmm. which she was able to do mm -hmm. somewhat. Um, the biggest challenge for Jean was that she was not able to see her children. Mm. So if you can imagine, I don't know if you're a dad, I'm mm, a mom. If yeah. I couldn't see the faces of my kids, mm -hmm. that would be devastating to me. Mm -hmm. um, thanks to a generous corneal donor, mm -hmm. Jean was able to have a transplant. Mm -hmm. And when the bandages came off, she was able to see her two boys for wow. the first time. She was actually able to see one of them walk down the aisle and get married. Mm. And now she's looking forward to being a grandmother one day and being able to see those little tiny fingers and toes. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So obviously that is life changing from the standpoint of um, you, you imagine what that would be like. You imagine and obviously they can feel with their hands. Um, but, you know, to see for the first time or to see after a long time of not mm -hmm. being able to see. You know, I, I just, I can't imagine what that yeah, would be like. exactly. Gina shared with me that when she goes to visit with her, her doctor for a checkup, he'll ask her, what's the newest thing that you've mm -hmm. seen? What's something you've never seen mm -hmm. before? Somebody gave her a coloring book not long after her transplant, and she didn't know what color to color. I think there was a dolphin or a whale mm -hmm. or something in the book. She didn't know how to color it. She mm -hmm. didn't know what color it was. Mm -hmm. So there's wow. things that we just take for granted. It might yeah. be walking down a sidewalk mm -hmm. and watching a sunrise yeah. or driving a car. You know, how did we get here today? Mm -hmm. We drove a car. If you don't have vision, you can't do that. Mm. Hard to hold down a job. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it really is the things that, you know, I, I watched the sunrise this morning and it was beautiful, especially after however many days we've had of rain. Uh, but, you know, to... To wake up and, and just realize that that's there and know what mm -hmm. that is. You yes. know, I've, I've never been blind. I've never yeah. not been able to see the, the sunrise or sunset. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know how you would describe those things to people. So that is something that's amazing that yeah, you just you've don't never seen a bird about. fly hmm. and to be able to see that for the first time mm -hmm. or you know being able to watch your kids play on a playground mm -hmm. watch them discover things mm -hmm. you miss out on all of those life experiences mm -hmm. so having a corneal transplant really provides hope and mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we like to share mm -hmm. is that we're not only giving sight but we're giving hope back to people a lot of people around the world that are visually impaired and in a lot of the developing countries being visually impaired is a serious disability not only do you have to stay home you're not able to work but you have to have a caregiver to mm -hmm. stay home with you so you're taking a lot of people out of that socioeconomic situation just within your local household mm -hmm. so it really is important that we're able to to find cures and treatment for blindness to be able to restore sight to those that have lost it well, i think too you know, we, we live in a world, um, you know, especially here in the United States, where 
we've got so many things that are at our fingertips that we take for granted. Absolutely. And, you know, what you guys are doing, it, it truly brings a new perspective to something that, you know, when, mm -hmm. when you wake up every morning and you just open yeah. your eyes and, and you can see, yeah. it's just something, I mean, just like breathing. You don't right. think you twice about it. You take it for granted. You know, mm -hmm. now I have to wait until I put my contacts in <laughs> Me too. before I can see more than two <laughs> feet in front of my face. But, um, you know, I, I just, I think that we don't even recognize the blessings that we've got until sometimes mm -hmm. we've lost them. Right. And so you guys are having the ability to restore something that that is, you know, maybe been taken away mm -hmm. or uh, it's never been there to begin with. And I just, I think that that's incredible to know that 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 is um, something that you guys are doing around the world. So. Uh, how many countries are you guys in? So right now we service 56 different countries wow. around the world. And that's in South America. It's in the Mediterranean. It's in Europe. It's it's truly all corners of the world. Wow. Yeah. So y'all started here in Birmingham and celebrating 50 years this yes, year. Yes, this right? is our 50th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we're headquartered here in Birmingham. We actually have offices throughout our state. Mm -hmm. We have an office in Huntsville, another one in Montgomery. Mm -hmm. We have an office in Mobile. And we recently um, became part of, we're a network, so we have an office in Memphis, Tennessee as well. So we've kind of expanded outside mm -hmm. of the state of Alabama. Okay. So... 50 years ago, what was the catalyst that mm -hmm. they got all this started? So there was a group of physicians that got together. There was uh, They knew about corneal transplant. It, it was being done in a few other places within the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, technology at that time is not what it is today. Right. But for 50 years ago, it was a pretty amazing feat mm -hmm. to be able to restore somebody's vision. Mm -hmm. So uh, through the local Lions Clubs at mm -hmm. the time, we were associated with the the Lions Club, um, and they put together this organization. It was made up of physicians and businessmen, and they used their combined experience and expertise mm -hmm. to form an eye bank. Mm -hmm. And 50 years later, it looks a lot different. We used to rely on state troopers or volunteers to take our tissue mm -hmm. from the eye bank back to the hospital where it was going to be used in surgery. Now it's a whole different game of how mm -hmm. we get it from point A to point B. You can imagine if we're you're working worldwide, it's a little bit more complicated right. than putting it in the car and driving across town. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> so what is a, a biobank? So a biobank is something that's a, a new endeavor for us. Mm -hmm. We are very committed to the research arm of mm -hmm. things. Um, when you donate your corneas for transplant, you're helping two people. And that is an amazing gift. Mm -hmm. When you donate your corneas or your eyes for research, you are helping untold millions of people. Mm -hmm. Because through that research, they may one day find a cure for glaucoma which is probably the number one blinding eye disease out there. Mm. 
or they're going to find a treatment or a cure for age-related macular degeneration, Mm -hmm. which is something we're all going to experience in some form or fashion Mm -hmm. at some point in our life. Just Mm -hmm. as we get older, our eyes don't function as well. Mm -hmm. So we are very committed to being able to provide academic institutions and pharmaceutical companies Mm -hmm. with that high-quality tissue so that they can do the work, do the research, to maybe one day prevent curable blindness. Wow. That's awesome. So what are the uh, stipulations that, that somebody has to have to come to you guys and uh, be able to get a transplant or uh, to be able to, to receive that, mm-hmm. that gift of sight? Right. It all starts with going to a corneal specialist. Okay. So a lot of times you may go for your annual eye exam mm-hmm. Maybe your doctor sees something a little bit unusual. They might send you to a corneal specialist Mm -hmm. to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. Going to a specialist is not that unusual these Mm days. Um, There's several throughout our state and again around the United States and throughout the world. And based on that exam, they might find that you're suffering from a corneal disease. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a genetic Mm -hmm. disease. Sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. Or it could be that you suffered an injury. You know, a lot of times, um, particularly in the summer, it seems like there's a higher higher occurrence of injury. You might be out cutting the grass and something flies up and hits you in the eye. Mm-hmm. So if it damages your cornea, mm-hmm. you're going to need a transplant. Mm-hmm. So once that surgeon has determined that you're going to need the transplant surgery, then they're going to contact us. And we are very fortunate that um, we have enough tissue to meet our surgery demand. There is no waiting list in Alabama. We're able to provide that tissue. The surgeons are very confident when they schedule your surgery that tissue is going to be available at that appointed time. Um, They'll give us the criteria. You know, surgeons all have their own preference Mm -hmm. for the type of tissue that they want to work with. We're very familiar with that. And we will make sure that that tissue is there in the OR for them at the right time on the right day. Wow. So is it like what is the percentage of the the success rate? That's a great question. We have a very high success rate. It's about 98 to 99% successful. So it's a little bit different from other types of transplants that you hear of. The cornea doesn't have blood flow, Mm -hmm. so we're not having to type match if you're, you know, an A positive, O positive type blood. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very simple procedure. It's outpatient. So you go in in the morning and maybe by lunchtime, you're back home recovering. The next day, you're going to come back in for a post-op visit. They're going to take the patch off and fingers crossed when they take that patch off, you're going to be able to see again. Wow. It takes a while for it to fully heal Mm. and your your vision to clear completely. Mm. But it's amazing that you can wake up one day and not be able to see or see very limited and the next day you have your sight. So you could go from a lifetime of blindness to mm-hmm. seeing in a day. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So what would stop somebody if if they're out there listening right now and and they're blind, what would stop them from contacting you? 
Well, the first thing they need to do is to go and see their eye doctor and let them determine what is the cause of their vision loss. Mm -hmm. But if it's a corneal, which Mm -hmm. is the very front of Mm -hmm. your eye, if you think of like a a windshield Mm -hmm. and you think of a foggy morning Mm -hmm. and what that looks like before you turn your defroster Mm -hmm. on, that's what people are seeing. Okay. So if it's a front of the eye cornea Mm -hmm. disease or injury, Mm -hmm. that's where we're able to step in and help them. Okay. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have been diagnosed with a corneal issue, then this is a solution for you. Or yes. if you've got some sort of issue and you're not sure what's going on, go to your eye doctor, yes. figure it out, because this may be a solution mm-hmm. for you yep. if it's involving the cornea. Yeah. Yeah. Your eye doctor is always the best place to start. They'll be able to direct you to the next step. The nice thing in Alabama is because we do have so many generous people Mm -hmm. in Alabama um, that do donate their corneas. Mm -hmm. We don't have the waiting list, as I mentioned, but we have a, a good supply and we provide tissue to everyone. So if if we've got listeners that are outside the state of Alabama, uh, are there these types of networks in mm-hmm. every state or yes. do you guys work all over the place? So would y'all still be possibly the. Yeah, there the is an eye bank in almost every state okay. within the U.S. Okay. And um, I think we have around 55 eye banks mm-hmm. nationwide. Mm-hmm. So you should be able to work with your your local eye bank. And again, the physicians are the ones that drive that relationship. Mm-hmm. And the eye banks are very familiar with the physicians that are in their local area. But we okay. do work together. If we had a neighboring state that maybe for some reason just didn't have tissue for a surgery one week, we would certainly provide that for them. And same thing with them. If we... Um, weren't able to supply a, a tissue for somebody that needed a transplant surgery, then we would reach out to our neighboring eye banks and, and work together. Okay. What made you decide to join this team, uh, leaving the, the sales and marketing world to, to come mm-hmm. in a nonprofit? What, what was the, the drive behind that? Yeah, I loved my time in sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. I met some great people. I got to do a lot of traveling. It was a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, I really wanted to feel like I was giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And what better way to do that than working with a nonprofit? Mm -hmm. So I actually started at what was then the Alabama iBank 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was a part-time employee, still trying to figure out really what I wanted to do and how I could impact and make a difference in the world. Um, Luckily, I found my role at Advancing Sight, and I've been there ever since. I've had the honor of meeting donor families and talking with them about what it really means in that healing process of losing a loved one, what it's like to be able to uh, know that their death made a difference in the life of someone else. 
I've gotten to meet so many recipients who have told me their story and just how grateful they are to be able to see again the mm-hmm. the sunset we were talking about before mm-hmm. or being able to see their children again. And those are the kind of things that make you want to get up in the morning and go to work. Yeah. Not everybody gets that honor to do that. And I, I feel very fortunate mm-hmm. that I play a part in helping someone have a better day mm-hmm. somewhere. Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, the the goal of this show, Living Life on Purpose, it's, you know, people that are successful but also live a life of purpose. And, you know, mm-hmm. you want to have something that gets you up every morning. I mean, if it's just the money, I mean, that's going right. to get old. At some point, the money isn't going to be enough. Exactly. And, you know, when you've got something that you know that you're working towards that's making uh, an impact mm-hmm. and that's for the greater good, then it's so much more fulfilling. Yes. And that's um, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, ultimately, it was fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of education with our healthcare workers mm-hmm. throughout Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, I'm like, you never know what role you're going to play in giving hope to someone else, either right here at home mm-hmm. or around the world. That's it's a important. great feeling. Mm-hmm. The, the world's message to people is that if you have enough stuff, that you're just going to be happy. But the reality is, you know, I, mm-hmm. I meet people all the time and they've got a lot of stuff, but they aren't necessarily yeah. fulfilled because they haven't found the purpose or they're not walking in the purpose. Yes. And the purpose can provide the fulfillment, but the stuff cannot. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. The title of your show kind of fits in with our tagline, which mm-hmm. is focused on purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's a little play on words, but Mm -hmm. we are very focused on our purpose. Mm -hmm. And some people might say, oh, your purpose is to give sight. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, it is. That's Mm -hmm. the obvious purpose. But the underlying purpose is to give hope Mm -hmm. back to people. Well, when somebody's got hope, it's a lot easier to walk forward than, you know, if. I mean, even if they've got sight, but they don't have hope, then it doesn't really matter. Exactly. It's living that fulfilled life, Mm -hmm. being hopeful for the future, Mm -hmm. being hopeful that you're going to live that successful life. Mm -hmm. And hopefully in turn, they're going to impact another life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that when somebody is that they've gone through the the treatment and then they've gotten this new found sight, you know, I, I think that that spark that has to to come into them of like i've got a brand new lease on life you know i've got uh, i've got the ability to see things that i had no idea were even out there and so to me it's just um it's extremely powerful because uh, i try to be observant and i try to take things in Mm -hmm. i mean I, i believe that that god created us all and he's got purpose for all of us and the the beauty that he created is meant to be enjoyed, but too often we get so busy and yeah. we don't take we in We forget the to beauty. stop and look. Mm. And there's so much to see in this world. Mm. One of our recipients is an artist mm. and she has such an interesting story. Mm. Her artistic style before and after, she had an eye injury. Mm. So before and after her injury was mm. totally different. Mm. She was more of a, um, I guess you would call it a still life mm. type painter Mm -hmm. very concrete Mm -hmm. now she sees the world more abstractly Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of hidden meaning Mm -hmm. in her painting Mm -hmm. and to hear her talk about it it's just it just touches your heart yeah so a little sidebar my wife is an artist and she used to do 
photorealism, and now she does more of the abstract. She loves the abstract. Yeah. Um, number one, it's um, there is there's meaning behind all of our artwork, but um, she is able to convey messages or um, you know add different subtleties to mm -hmm. the abstract and explain it to people and. Uh, in a different way than maybe just the photorealism is just an image that she's capturing and, and putting on canvas. Yeah. But um, I, I do think that um, she enjoys the abstract more than she did the photo. I mean, she's incredibly talented at the photorealism, but, um, but that's interesting that they went from the, yeah, the concrete to the abstract. Too. But she just sees the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. And to hear her talk about it, mm -hmm. it's so inspiring. I think she sees things in a, in a heightened way mm -hmm. that maybe things she took for granted before she doesn't mm -hmm. take for granted anymore because she knows what it's like to see mm -hmm. and then to not see. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So if somebody wanted to get involved with your organization, they wanted to help support the organization, they wanted to volunteer. I mean, what, what does that look like? Sure. There's several different ways that you can help us. We are always looking for um, people to come alongside us in support of our mission. The, the easiest way to help us is to make that decision to be a donor. Mm -hmm. You can do that at the DMV mm -hmm. when you register for your driver's license or renew your driver's license. Just let the clerk know that mm -hmm. you'd like to be an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Mm -hmm. You can go online through registerme.org and you can make your wishes known there. Mm -hmm. But if you'd like to help us now, then you can go to our website, which is www.advancingsite.org and you can give financially. Or if you would like to just help us be an ambassador for giving the gift of sight, you can contact us again through our website, and we would be more than happy to talk with you and find ways that you too can impact those that are visually impaired. Okay. Well, those are definitely great ways that people can get involved, and I hope that that some of our listeners today, they have, have really felt the, the impact that you guys are making through this conversation and the awareness has increased so that, yes. you know, I mean, it's a discussion. I knew was available. Right. It's a discussion people don't mm -hmm. think about having with their family, but mm -hmm. it is so important that if you, let's say you do go to the driver's license mm -hmm. bureau and you make that decision that you want to be an organ, eye, and tissue mm -hmm. donor, having that conversation with your family mm -hmm. and letting them know what your wishes are mm -hmm. is huge so that when that time comes, they're not surprised. Mm -hmm. They know what you wanted to do and they're ready to fulfill those wishes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like I said earlier, I'm, I'm an organ donor, but I never thought about my eyes mm -hmm. being donated. Yeah. You know, I never thought about the, the cornea. Uh, I thought about, you know, maybe a kidney or, or your no, heart. That's right. what most people think about. Yeah. But yeah, there's mm -hmm. so many things that we can donate mm -hmm. so that we can help those that are still here on this earth, mm -hmm. letting them fulfill and live out their life's purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that you guys are helping a lot of people and, you know, I just, uh, this has been inspiring to me. I know it's going to be inspiring to the listeners as well. So I've really enjoyed you being with us today. Well, thank you. We always enjoy being able to share our story and to let people know how they can help us and just the importance of the work. And it's not about us. It's about the people that we're able to help and that sharing their stories is really the best way to communicate it. So thank you again for having us.
Yeah, well, we really enjoyed it, and we hope all of you out there listening enjoyed it as well. Be sure to, to follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then also on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. So thanks so much, and we will catch you next time. 